it always comes down to and that's at any place in any club the trust that they then put in you to play um, which me and Saps were very fortunate in the fact that we had goalkeeper coaches that pushed us and, and managers that then ended up you know kind of believing it and backing it in that way Hello everybody, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Ross Meets. It's Series 2, Episode 6. I want to say a big thank you, as ever, to everybody who has listened to the series so far. Hope you're enjoying the episodes, and let's get into today's end and introduce this week's guest. And it's an absolute pleasure, and what a great catch-up this was, with former town goalkeeper, Lewis Price. And it's great to hear he's doing good. He's recently retired from football, and he's now back at his hometown club, Bournemouth, coaching their under-21 goalkeepers. So it's all good to hear He's doing well there. But yes, this is a great chat with him. I talk about his career and his time at Portman Road. And we spoke about a range of different things during his career. Of course, his time at town, given that opportunity as a young goalkeeper with Shane Supple as well. Back then, two young goalkeepers battling out for the number one spot. Of course, getting an opportunity by Joe Rawl and also Jim McGillan. But just to hear his memories during his time at the club was great to hear. And then, of course, going on to play for Derby in the Premier League. Unfortunately, suffering relegation. But for him to get an opportunity to play in the top flight of English football, when he thought he was never going to be a professional footballer, he then got that chance to play in the Premier League. Then, of course, we mentioned his time at Crystal Palace. George Burley signing him, playing with different former town players who played for Palace back then. Then his spell at Sheffield Wednesday. And then his time at Rotherham, where he went on to play not many games there, but was there for a good amount of seasons. And, of course, seen promotions, relegations, promotions and relegations there. But he did enjoy his time at that club. And it's just great to hear his career as a whole. And I do hope you enjoy this. It's great catching up with Lewis. I won't ramble on anymore. Let's get into it and let's go. Well, Lewis, thank you very much for joining me on the Ross Meets podcast. Um, how have you been doing during these weird times? Of course, now you're back at Bournemouth, your hometown club. So um, how you been doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, uh, yeah, I've been back here, so I've managed to spend a little bit more time with my family and that. So in, uh, in these crazy times, for me, it's actually, uh, it's actually not been too bad. Well, I'll get right into it as I normally do on this podcast and ask you about your early days of your footballing career, the early days of Lewis Price. Um, so when you were a kid, were you always into into football and you know, did you have family members who played? Uh, no, I was always into football. Um, never had never had like a family member uh, such whose footsteps I followed in. Um, I've got, uh, got a younger brother who plays or who played, doesn't play anymore. Um, and we just literally used to end up messing around in the back garden. Um, originally, I think everybody wanted to be a striker, didn't they? Yeah. Or a midfielder. So uh, I think we both started out on pitch, and then he ended up going in goal. wasn't pretty, uh, and was pretty good, to be fair to him. Um, and me being the uh, super competitor that I might be, ended up hating the fact that he was better than me at something. So I decided to go in goal as well. Yeah. Um, and that's how I ended up staying in goal. And um, you know, where where did it all begin for you in terms of your you know football career? Do you play locally? Uh, yeah, I did. I played a lot of Sunday league. Mm-hmm. Um, played a lot, like played Sunday league. Obviously, played with all my mates. But what's crazy is I always ended up seeming to play for teams whose manager's son was the goalkeeper. Oh dear. Um, so I actually never played in goal. <laughs> as much as I actually by that by that point in my well, from very early on when I decided to, you know, start playing football, I wanted to play in goal. Never actually got to, I always played centre half. 
Um, and I did that pretty much until I was about, I think, 13, 14. Um, I was never really, never part of like an academy or a centre of excellence or anything. Um, and I just used to play Sunday league, play with my mates. And then what it always used to end up being if we were in a, we had a pretty good Sunday league team um, locally. And uh, if we had like a cup game or anything like that, I'd end up playing in goal. And then for other games, you play the other lad, and, and then um, I'd end up playing centre half or something. Have you always had the height? You know, because you're now, you're, I think you're six foot three. I don't know if that's right. That's just Wikipedia I'm reading. So you're probably maybe <laughs> taller or shorter. I don't know. No. Yeah, I think I've always been a fairly fairly tall lad, um, like throughout school and bits. Uh, so obviously that always helped then going and go. Um, and to say what helped me early on was I, uh, I think it's thirteen, fourteen. I was must have been fairly big because I played a lot of men's football on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to play as many games as I possibly could. So I trained a couple of times a week, um, and then on Saturdays when you know the men men's pub teams played, I used to uh, I used to go and goal for one of them, and then play on a Sunday with my mates, play on a Sunday evening, and the five a side thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I must, yeah, I think that's the. The height side must have been all right if I was, you know, managing to play men's football quite so early. Yeah. And, you know, your first club um, was Southampton, if I'm right. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it was it was kind of, it was crazy, really. So, obviously, I was playing Sunday League a bit. Um, left school, but started to go to sixth form. Um, and I was playing for a local team called Wimborne Town. Okay. Um, yeah, and then, obviously, again, because I was well, 15 at the time, just left school, 15, 16, uh, playing for, uh, at the time, they were, I think they were semi-professional, okay. um, semi-professional men's team. Uh, I think they'd had a little bit of success in the FA Vars, as it used to be back then. I'm not too sure what it is now, a trophy or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they'd had a little bit of success in the FA Vars and won it a few years ago and had a few ex-players uh, from Bournemouth playing there. Um their goalkeeper got injured, so I ended up going in and playing for them at 15. Must have done it right. Um, cause we had a, a game against Yeovil, um, who were at the time, I want to say they were in the conference. Um, so we had a game against them, and I ended up going on trial to Southampton. Um, went up to Southampton and yeah, went on, went on like a six-week trial. Um kind of stayed and uh, it, it's a bit of a crazy story when I was there if I was being honest there wasn't um, uh, I suppose I can tell it now about football well, football in a sense but it was kind of I, I just don't think I was quite ready for it if I was being brutally honest um, I wasn't used to the environments I wasn't used to um, just how, how you know people behave back then or maybe still do now but just, you know the whole culture of football, should I say? I just wasn't I wasn't used to it, and I, I did got to be honest, I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't like it. Didn't really fit into it. Um, so I kind of got to a point where uh, I think it was around Christmas time or just before, and I, I remember turning around to my dad and just saying, "Look, you know, look, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't. I'm, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. I'm not enjoying going in. Um, I wasn't being paid or anything. I was still kind of ticked along on a trial. So uh, I just I ended up kind of quitting for a period uh, when I worked on a building site. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then um, ended up that they asked me to go back because it was a FA Youth Cup or something. So I went back and sat on the bench for that um, and then kind of saw out the season. But obviously, with everything that had gone on and, and how I was perceived at the club, um, 
you know, I was, might never really have much of a future there. Um, but it kind of made me a bit more determined, surprisingly, after that to think, well, you know, maybe I, I should give this another go and maybe I should, uh, you know, see if I can find another club somewhere. And then that ends up taking me to Ipswich. Yeah, how did that how did that come about? Because you know it's a long way. I want to say it's a long way away from Southampton, but it's a bit of a a travel still. Yeah, I mean, I think I went I went on trial to a couple of places. Um, well, I say a couple. I went on trial to uh, to Fulham at the time. Um, and I'm being honest, I don't really know how it ended up coming about. But I think a young lad at the time got injured quite badly <coughs> with his knee, Darren Kelly. And they needed, uh, and they needed some cover. So, I think obviously I was knocking about on trial. So I just got invited to come up for a trial. Um, did a six-week trial, and then uh, pretty much stayed after that. George Burley, of course, was the the manager at the time. Um, did you have much, you know, interaction with him? Because he he left pretty much not not long after you really arrived. But um, did you have much interaction with him? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, because the main. The person who had the most amount of me coming in was a guy called Malcolm Webster, who I'm yeah. pretty sure most people would know quite well. Um, so I had a lot, well, he had a lot to do with me kind of coming in and staying and staying around as such. Um, and obviously Malcolm and George were, were had a very close working relationship. So I think when I first signed, I want to say George was the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, or when I first came up, he was a manager. So I, I mean, I, I met him in no sort of regards. But you know, by then I was I was in the uh, under 19s kind of playing. Um, so my main port of contact was uh, you know Brian Klug and uh, and Malcolm really. How you know how good was you know Brian is you know a lot. Of, I've had a few people on here who um who have been coached by Brian and stuff. How good was he? Yeah, he was immense. Um, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of the man. I think it's a testament to show the fact of how long he stayed at the club doing the job and doing the jobs, should I say. <laughs> you know, he's obviously managed the first team at points, um, doing the jobs that he's done and how highly he is thought of. Um, tells you everything about, you know, how, how good he is. Um, I remember, you know, I remember conversations with him. Uh, it's like, I think one sticks out in mind about... Uh, sat down once and we were playing Coventry away or Coventry home or something and everybody was riding and raving about this goalkeeper and how good he was and, you know how he's going to be next England international and all that lot and um, I think we played him and he, he was very very good I mean to be fair the goalkeeper's Chris Kirkland and uh, he was very good and then to be fair to Brian he came up to me afterwards and like, that's that's what people should say about you when we come to play when they come to play us um, and it's just like small little things that you'd say like that to kind of motivate you and, and uh, you know just on my own and, and bits like that which is have always well you know I'm 36 now and it still kind of sticks in my mind Definitely. How, um, how was it to settle you know coming over to which which you know your first time probably away from home um, so what was that like yeah I got very this is this. I mean this is why it was such a big difference going from um, Southampton and, and, and the experience I had there which for me at that time was wasn't a great one, obviously, um, with you know what I ended up making my choice to do. Um, to then come up to Ipswich was just like night and day. I uh, settled straight away. I absolutely I just fell in love with the club, the, the people that were involved in the club. The I mean, you know, I was putting digs at the time. I was like, so it's my first time away from home. 
and I was put in digs with a lady who I still keep in contact with now. Uh, the lady is called Wendy, who actually worked at the club as well. Um, she had a few of us that live with her, um, and it's uh, it just, it, she's like another mum to me, you know. And and that was just the whole the whole experience that I had with the club. Um, I just I fell in love with the place, and I think it would have been. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that if there was a chance to ever end up coming back, obviously, you know, it's a club that is very, very close to my heart. Who was um, in your digs then during that time, or which, you know, young players sort of helped you settle? A guy called Matt Robinson and a lad called Lee Chaffee. Um, and they were they were the two lads that I, I was kind of coming through with. Um and uh, there was obviously Wendy and then her husband's name was Mick. Um, but they were the two lads that I live with. Uh, and we got on really well, to be honest. Um, both of them, I think, were both of them were Cambridge lads, so they were local. We could go home a bit more. Um, obviously, it was a little bit different for me. I was a little bit further away. But once I learned how to drive, or I say once I bought a car, yeah. um, I could manage to get home and, and get home a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of lost contact with them over the years. Um, you know, I, I'm still friends with them on, on Facebook a bit, but uh, you know, Wendy, I still keep in contact with and, and speak to from time to time. Cool. And uh, you know, Joe Raw then came into the building. Um, did you have much interaction with him in the early days before you know he did give you that debut? Yeah, with Joe, it, it changed. Obviously, with Joe, um, Malcolm was still around for a bit, and then George got another job, and Malcolm left. And then he brought in a guy called Andy Rhodes, um, and Andy Rhodes was another one who had a, obviously a, you know an influence on a big influence on my on my career and and um, <laughs> and kind of the probably the path that he took. Um, and, you know, it was under it was it was under him that I started playing a bit more, and, and I think I made my Welsh debut with uh, with Andy as a goalie coach. I made my First team debut, I think Mali. Well, Mali was a goalie coach, I think. Um, and they're the two people I still speak. You know, I still speak to both of them regularly. Um, you know, and uh, I had a little bit more to do with Joe um, because by the time Joe had taken over, I was a lot closer to the first team than when George was in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by the time Joe had took over, I think that was a season when Kelv had come in. Um, and obviously I was I was by that sort of stage I'm pretty sure I was sitting on the bench for the first team behind Kelvin so with regards to having a bit more to do obviously I was in the first team so I had a lot more to do with Joe than I did George You know what was um, Kelvin like um, training with him and you know being his understudy Yeah he was a massive he was, he was an influence on me it was just the way that he trained the way he was um He's a funny, funny guy, like genuinely funny guy. I mean, as a kid, he was quite overwhelming, but I, I, you know, I fell in love with him. I found him hilarious. I just don't think I ever stopped laughing during training. I mean, the fact that a man calls himself Scoot Super Kelvin Davis just probably tell you everybody everything you need to know about his character. Um, and obviously, it's a joke. He doesn't genuinely think he's superhuman. Well, I mean, he might do. You might have to ask him that. But he. Um, yeah, he was great. He was uh, he was a great goalkeeper. Um, you know, at the time, obviously, at the time watching him, I tried to base a lot of my game uh, or bits of my game on on how he played. Um, and for for the time that I was, um, you know, underneath him, he taught me so much, and he and he helped me. 
you know, he helped me again. He's not, he's funny, isn't he? He's still a guy that I ring now for advice and, and to speak to about different decisions and things. Um, and they're just the relationships that I ended up forging at that club in that way. Um, and he was another one, as I said, with his, uh, with how he treated me and the way he looked after me and the advice that he gave me. That's good. And, you know, when you were coming through, you know, of course you were travelling with the squad a lot, you know, being on the bench, um, which sort of the senior pros, um, other senior pros that helped you? Sorry? Uh, which other senior pros sort of helped you, you know, when you were, you know, part of the first um, team squad? I mean, it was kind of, obviously, it was a different, it was, a, it was, you know, as an era, we had like Jim McGilton, obviously was always very vocal, um, was a leader in the dressing room and if you stand and slip he'd be one of the first ones to let you know that um, so in that sort of sense he helped me massively um, you know kind of coming through when I was a younger lad playing Jason DeVos I got on, I got on well with Jace um, and he was just an immaculate pro again he, he just taught me a different side of it of how you know of how you do things right look after yourself repair right and, and, and bits and pieces like that uh, but there was, there was, you know, there was a few that I, I kind of always enjoyed, like watching and training, and, and just uh, I got on, you know, got on pretty well with. Um, you know, Shefki was he was a big character, and obviously he's famed for his massive goddamn dive. Yeah. Um, but he was another one, you know. At the time, the squad was brilliant. It was a really tight, close knit squad. Um, you know, and there was a few youngsters that were kind of. In and around it, I'm doing obviously Matty Richards. Um, you know, was I mean he was younger than me and he was coming through and playing a lot of games. And then I kind of obviously came through the same sort. Of, I mean they'd gone give or take as I was getting into it, but uh, as I started playing. But you know Darren Bent, Darren Ambrose, who were both excellent. Um, and then uh, kind of had a good as a squad, and as the squads went through, you had a good mixture of you know senior players who. who good to look up to and gave you the advice and then the younger players that came through it kind of kept the squad for the younger lads you kind of kept it you know so you weren't just out there on your own if that makes sense yeah and um, can you remember your, your debut um, against Gillingham you of course saved a penalty in that game yeah I can, yeah, I can remember it. yeah vaguely yeah. very vaguely uh, I think Kelv was ill I think I remember I remember like I was me and Kelv used to room together and then I remember him like waking me up or not or just drifted off or something like that and he woke me up and was like look I'm not feeling too well here I think he rang down spoke to the doc <laughs> they stuck me in a room on my own just in case obviously I called what he had um, and then it kind of came to breakfast and I remember finding out about breakfast maybe just after and it was like you know look you're uh, you're playing sort of thing um, Cal's not well enough to play and then uh, I think did we we went we went 2-1 yeah 2-1 yeah yeah I think we went yeah um yeah, I can't really remember too much about the game. I probably couldn't have remembered too much about the game after I played it, if I'm being <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it was that was a very, very it was just kind of a special moment at the time. I mean, looking back on it now, I realise you know what uh, what it actually was. Um, but at the time, I think it was, he was always just happy to play and, and kind of get a win, really. Yeah. And of course, your um, second league start was another penalty save. This time against Coventry. So, what a way to start in your you know your league appearances. Yeah, yeah, that one I can't remember at all. I won't lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm vaguely, I mean, like at most, was that away from home as well? Yeah, two one as well. 
Because um, you before that game, you came on for for Calvin in a one-one draw at Reading at half title in the forty-fifth minute. So what was that? that I remember. Like? Yeah, that I remember because that Kelv came off injured with his back then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I remember. We were, I think, we were when we top, we were close top of the league then as well. I think. Yeah. Um, or we were, we were doing pretty well. So and uh, that was um, that I can well, I don't remember the game if I'm being really honest. Yeah. Here, but I remember the circumstances. In, I remember the circumstances in coming on because he was struggling a little. Kel was struggling with his back. Mm-hmm. Hurt his back in the warm up or uh, something like that. Managed to get through till half time. Obviously went in at half time and then that was him. Came back out for the second half. Oh, did he? I think he came back out and then I went on. Mm-hmm. I think that was right. He just couldn't get through the game. Um, yeah, again, it was kind of. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I think that was the first time I'd pretty much come on as a sub at the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, I mean, all these points and kind of things were just, um, it's hard to explain, really. They were just, they were just points that of, of where, oh, oh, you know, I've got to go and kind of do a job now. I've got to go and do, there's the reason why I'm here. It's the reason why I'm on the bench. And I've got to go and kind of prove to people that I'm good enough to play. Um, that was vaguely how I can remember treating most of the games, being honest with you. Because, yeah. you know, you went on to play, you know, a good amount of games because Calvin was injured. Um, a lot of draws were involved, and but then there was two other wins. Um, you know, there was a draw against Burnley, draw against Leicester, draw against Watford, yeah. and then a, a 3-0 win against Preston and a 5-1 win against Sheffield United. So that must have been good to be part of that, that big win. Yeah. Was that away from home as well? That was at home. I was at home. I can only, I can vaguely remember getting beat away from home. That's the only Sheffield United game I remember. Yeah. Um, I know it's weird, it's crazy, man. Honestly, like, like you've just rattled off all those games and all the results. I, I could honestly, have, if you had turned around and said to me that, I, oh, that was it, and then you went out alone to Cambridge because it's around the same. After that, I think I went alone to Cambridge for yeah. a period. You know, you did, yeah. Yeah, if you had turned around and said it was after the Reading game, I would have probably believed you. Yeah, I won't lie. I completely forgot that Kel was out for a period and I missed a lot of them games. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, at the time, though, the time, like, the things I do remember, like, the team were doing well, so I remember, like, obviously coming in and just... I think the biggest thing at the time was being able to step in and have that little bit of continuity, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, with Kelvin having been such an influential figure and was actually playing really well at the time, um, not that he didn't, but he was playing well at the time. And then to be able to come in and, and play and, and kind of keep the team ticking over and be a part of that as a young lad, that was the main thing that I was trying to strive for. Um, obviously, there'd be differences in, in how me and Calvin were and how we played. Uh, but so long as there wasn't that big a difference that people going, oh, you know, we're really missing him, that was what I was trying to achieve, really. That must have been good for yourself because you're still young at that stage. I think you're only like 20 or something like that. So. That must have been, you yeah. know, good for you, that that early experience. Yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, I mean, it, it helped me, obviously, going forward. Um, yeah, because I always, I always, obviously, at the end of the day, I always wanted to be 
which is number one. Um, so the fact of being able to come in and play some games and just prove to people, and sh- well, not prove, but maybe show people that I was good enough to at some point play games and step in and, 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 and challenge in bits, that was um, obviously a massive thing at, at a young age, um, which is good. Yeah. Of course, um, as you said, you wanted to be at Town number one. You did the following season. You know, Kelvin went to sign for Sunderland and... You know, it was you and Shane Supple fighting out Shane. for number one. Yeah. Um, before we go on to you becoming first choice in that season, what was Shane like? You know, he was you know a part of that Youth Cup winning team um, for the FA Youth Cup, so he's um, had some you know a lot of praise. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he was a good lad, very very good lad. Uh, he's a good goalkeeper. Um, obviously, the success that he had the season when they won the FA Youth Cup, he played a massive part in that. As did a lot of the lads, to be fair. Yeah. But yeah, he was uh, he was a big factor in that. Um, and I got on really well with him. Uh, you know, we had a good good relationship on and off the pitch. Um, and at the time, I mean, obviously after I left, it was hard to see, you know, what what, what ended up happening, but. At the time, I really liked him. I thought he was a good goalkeeper. Obviously, thought I was a little bit better, but uh, <laughs> that's just my own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, you know, he did well. He did really well. Um, obviously, he was quick in and around his goal. His shot stopping was brilliant. Um, and for such a young kid as well to come in and 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 do that, he was it was very good. You know. Yeah. What um what did sort of, can you remember what Joe sort of said to you going into that season because he you know Kelvin's gone and now he's just got these two young keepers was he looking to bring in another goalkeeper or was he going you know what I'm gonna no, give I you think, a chance no well from what from what I can remember I could be wrong here but from what I remember him saying to us was you know we went to I think we went to Norway yeah. I think Norway or Denmark or somewhere about like in pre season and he basically he was like you know look we're going to stick with you two. Um, you know, we're going to let you both have a chance to prove who will be the number one. Um, while we're, I mean, that was maybe at the beginning of preseason. While we're away, I think he ended up giving uh, Sups the number one shirt. So whether I had that much of a fair fight or not, I don't know. I think it was kind of, from what I could gather, it was split down the room as in between coaching staff and managers who would play. And I'm just obviously guessing at the start of the season, Joe fancied Shane more than me. Um so I think that season Sub started the first few games and then eventually I got back in the team. But yeah, I think at the beginning of it all, he uh, he just, you know, they were quite happy on the fact of saying, you know, look, it's, it's going to be between you two at the start. Definitely. And, you know, you played, you know, 27 games that season and uh, you won your first cap for Wales. Um, so we'll quickly go into your, you know, playing for Wales. You know, you made 11 caps in total. Uh how did that sort of come about? Have you got family members that are from Wales that made you eligible? Dad, yeah, yeah. My, like my dad and that side of it's all uh, they're from Wales, so uh, that's how I qualified. Um, obviously, w- w- you know, with the Welsh thing, it was uh, I played at under nineteen level um, and then at twenty ones, and then it was John Toshak um, called me up and into the first team. Uh, I've been up, I've been up with the first team once before when Mark Hughes was the manager and I was away with the 21s. We played Azerbaijan away um, on the Friday. He used to play on a Friday night, the first team ever played on a Saturday. And uh, we played on the Friday night, beat them, flew back on the Saturday morning. But I think it was Mark Crosley at the time had hurt his back. So 
they kept me around, um, and I just, I just, well, that was the only time I kind of stayed until the Saturday. Flew back with the first team squad, then went back and back with the twenty ones. Um, yeah, so I kind of made that decision uh, quite early on in my in my career to play for Wales. Um, you know, I had that opportunity and I uh, took it really. You must have been pleased to make 11 caps. You know, you, you won a few caps while at town, but then, you know, other clubs. Um, of course, I'm going to mention one player that, you you know, you played with at Wales, of course, Gareth Bale. You know, I'd be stupid not to ask you about him. Um, you know, what was he like in training? Because he was very young still when you were winning your caps, but I'm sure he had a talent already. Yeah, I mean, it was at the time when, <clears throat> so he was he was still, on. yeah, he was, you know, he's been unbelievable. He's, few things that, uh, I remember speaking to Kelvin about him because uh, I, I vaguely think I could be wrong here I think I played in a 21 game once with him as well I was called up for the first team and then the 21s had a qualifier of which he wanted me the manager I could I was still eligible for at 22 because I'd started it mm-hmm. or something like that so he sent me back and then Gareth played I think it was around a similar sort of time that Kelv might have been at, uh, at Southampton or just signed for Southampton or I remember speaking to Kelvin about him when he was called up and Kelvin was like you know the boy's unbelievable um, some player and then once he came into the squad obviously you know I mean the fact of going on and achieving what he's achieved I could never have told you but I could see just from a very early age about how I mean the guy's a machine you know he's like a proper thoroughbred horse um, and then watching him play football he just he plays the game differently to the rest of us you know just uh pace and his power and his ability on the ball and strength on the ball and then how you know fit he is he's just uh, like I said he just he's, he plays a different game I think you, you know what was your what the standout moment of your you know 11 cats for Wales you know any games that stick out for you or that players that helps you um, I think I mean the, the old cliche one but I think my one definitely was my probably one of my debut my debut game away in Cyprus um, I don't think we played particularly well as a team mm-hmm. um, and fortunate enough I think played alright to be fair um, but it was, a, it was away at Cyprus and I remember like my dad flew over <clears throat> and my, um, I got an older brother and he, they flew over and watched the game um, so it was, that was nice that was you know one moment as such that would really stand out and uh, stand out and, and lives long in that sort of sense I've um, been involved in a few games and obviously qualifiers and bits like that but for me on a, on a personal level just with how I played as well I think that's one that sticks in my memory more than most Definitely and then you know the following season um, for town Joe Rawl got sacked and Jim McGilton came in you know your your former teammate is now the boss what was your reaction when Jim came as manager? I always saw him being a manager, mm-hmm. being honest, I think well, I think anybody who watched Town for any sort of period saw how much he shouted and screamed and probably went, oh yeah, he's a fair chance he might end up being a manager. Um, it was tough, and to be fair to Jim, he handled it quite well. Uh, you know, it's always tough going from a player that plays there to then stepping up and being a manager. Um, but as I said, I think he he handled it well um, and did uh, and did a fairly good job with with the squad that was left. Um, obviously we'd had a few years of making the playoffs um, and then it kind of got to the point where our bigger players at that time were um, moved on to clubs that were probably higher up or were sold and, and, and moved on in that sort of sense so 
with what he was left and the players he brought in, you know, I think, you know, I, I thought Jim, Jim did well. Um, and as I said, you know, just having played with him and the type of character he was, you could always see him ended up going into management. <laughs> You know, of course, he, he still relied on you and Shane in goal. Um, did he say that straight off the bat when he was in you know in charge? He went, yep, you're going to be my number one, Lewis. And then Shane, I think, went out on loan a little bit because he didn't play as much then. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, he pretty much came in and pulled his both at the start and said the same thing as what Joe had said. You know, look, it's going to be, uh, we'll fight it out at the start of pre-season. As most managers do, to be fair, we'll, you know, we'll fight it out and, and then we'll see whether the dust settles at the end of it. Um, and then, like you said, I think, Fortunate enough that I ended up becoming the uh, the number one and playing. Um, but he was again, yeah, it was good. I think you know, Ipswich has always had a very good track record for giving keepers and young players, not just keepers, but you know, their youth team players a chance and a chance to come through at the club and, and an opportunity to play in the first team. Um, and throughout my time there, that was that was never really, you know, I didn't really change. I think a lot of people saw that maybe in me and Shane they had a um, some good young goalkeepers that could come through and do a job and then maybe eventually become a bit of a um, an asset for the club. Because, yeah. um, you know, town fans still mention you and Shane, you know, because about, you know, these two young goalkeepers are relying these two goalkeepers in our squad. Like now we're, you know, we're unfortunately we don't see as many young players come through as goalkeepers at no. the club. You know, we've, just, we've got Harry Wright currently, you know, the son of Richard. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people are like, you know, when you when one like senior goalkeeper leaves, you're always thinking, okay, let's give this second choice um, slot for the young goalkeeper. But then most of the time, the managers then brought in another experienced goalkeeper, which is fair enough. But some fans think, yeah. oh, why not give a chance for this young kid? Well, when is he going to get that chance? Because I'm yeah. sure yourself would have think, if you didn't get that chance, like would you have just been in the reserves and then would have just got released and then maybe having to fight again, you know, coming up the leagues again? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's always. Uh... It's hard to speak to the workings of a club, obviously, mm. when I'm not there anymore, in a sense. But I think the biggest thing for me and Shane was that maybe it's different now. Is At that time, obviously, Supps did well in the Youth Cup and had success in the Youth Cup. So that stands out straight away. Mm. And then I think for me, what had helped me was back then you had a reserve league it wasn't like an under-23s. It was, you know, it was, like a, it was like a proper men's league in the fact of you'd have players that were coming back from fitness and players that weren't playing for first teams dropped down and playing the reserve game. So it was like a toned down sort of championship match on a Tuesday, if that makes sense. Um, and obviously I played a lot of, played a lot of res, uh, uh, like reserve games. I think we won the league, the Southern League once. Um, with it. And I, you know, I had a, I didn't play a load in that season, but I think I played like 10 or 11 in that season. Um, and it kind of then, the manager would obviously come and watch and that could show the fact that you could handle men's football. Whereas nowadays, I think it's a little bit harder with the 23s that if you just play on the 23s football, there's always that question mark as, right, well, can you make the step up and how are you going to cope with the physicality and the speed and the strength of what um, like the adult game is, in a sense. Um, and then back, obviously, for then, it was me and Sups, I think, had kind of proven that we could maybe make that step up with playing in those games, stops having the success he had in the Youth Cup and then training with the first team. Um, but obviously, it's, it always comes down to, and that's at any place in any club, the trust that they then put in you to play, um, which me and Sups were very fortunate in the fact that we had goalkeeper coaches that pushed us 
um, and pushed us to have that chance and, and managers that then ended up, you know, kind of believing it and backing us in that way. Yeah, because you know you made your most appearances in your career at Town. Um, did you feel like you were going to have a, a long time career at Town, or you know, of course, I would. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would like to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at the time, I think before I left, I had just signed a new contract. Um, or uh, that season, the end of that season, and then before that summer, I just signed a new contract. So I had every intention of staying, um, and I wanted to stay. Uh, I loved the place, as I said to you, you know, right, right at the top. Uh, it is a special place in my heart, and as a club, um, I just felt at home there. I still do now. I go, you know, every time I've gone back now, I still remember some of the security staff, ground staff, uh, people that work in the offices. You know, I'm kind of wandering around, still see some of the actual team staff that are there and say hello to um, some of the stewards still there so it's kind of it was always a place that I never really envisaged leaving um, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time there but obviously when it came to the point of going and, and you know sometimes not always given uh, not always given a choice I'm not saying I was pushed out I wasn't it was just a case of at that time I didn't know you know, when Derby came in for me, I didn't know if I'd ever get a chance to go and have another opportunity to go and play in the Premier League. If I'm, you know, if I was being honest. Definitely, and that was you know your next move. Now, Derby just been promoted to the Premier League, and you're going to battle it out with uh, Stephen Boywater. Um, yeah. You also played for Town briefly on loan. Um, but, uh, Billy Davis was the manager. Um, what was yeah. he? What, what was he like? To, was he very much different to to Jim? I know he's a narrow character. Yeah, he was in a sense of um, yeah, he was a he was wound a little bit more tightly, Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he'd had a lot of success at Preston, a lot of success with Derby, um, and he was a good manager. Um, and it was hard, I think, like going up to the Premier League and some of the players that we bought. If we didn't get off to a good start, which was always going to be difficult, I think it's difficult for anybody that goes up to the Premier League. I mean, you look at any team, even when they go out and spend like Aston Villa's money, it's always hard to get a good start. I just think some of the some of the people we ended up signing, if we didn't get a good start, it was always going to be hard to win them back on side. Um, and that's just, I think, what ended up being a bit of Billy's downfall is the fact that instead of you know some of the players we signed, understanding it was going to be a scrap, I think they thought you know walk in and go, oh, well, we're fine now, it's the Premier League and we'll be all right, but. You know, he genuinely is a different level above the championship. Um, but I, I, as a manager, I liked him. I, I, I you know, and can't speak badly of him. That's he signed me, um, and he would, you know, he would have given me. He, he always admitted to me he would have given me a chance. Um, he's, you know, he stuck with the people that got him promoted, and then in the end, it didn't quite work out, and he lost his job, unfortunately. Yeah, and before we get on to, you know, call Paul Jewell coming in, um, go on to your Premier League debut against Liverpool. Um, yeah. You know, what a, what a team to play. Boxing Day as well, 2007, so just after yeah. Christmas. So uh, a late Christmas present for you to make your debut. Uh, what's your memories of that? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, that I have a bit more of a memory of, yeah. purely from the fact that uh, our stepdad is a Liverpool fan. Okay. So he, uh, they were up for Christmas. And then I remember, I think I found, obviously I found out on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve that I'd be playing. Um, uh, I think we lost two. I want to say we lost two one. Yeah, but we should have drawn. To be fair, I remember that. I remember we should have drawn the game. Um, but other than that, it was, it was one of them that at the time, though, 
as nice as it was to as nice it was to have made a Premier League debut. We were in you know such a bad run of form, and we were really struggling for any sort of a momentum and a win and all that lot. So it, it was really it was kind of a bittersweet, if that makes sense, because there was a part of me that was um, you know what an achievement that's brilliant, something I never thought I'd do. Being brutally honest, and you know that is the truth. I never thought I'd play in a Premier League. Actually, at the beginning, I didn't think I'd ever be a professional footballer. Um, but on the flip side, once I was in it, that still didn't take away from the fact that you know losing and I was losing week in week out, it hurt and, and it kind of kept hurting. Um, and you know, despite what any player says, they always if they come in, they want to try and be the one that might just make that little bit of a difference. Um, and that's what I was kind of hoping to be. Um, turned out not so much, but. I don't think anybody could have maybe made that much of a difference in that team. No, of course, you know, that holds a record for the, the least points in the Premier League. And, you know, yeah. like Billy Davis got sacked and Paul Jewell came in. Um, of course, he's got a connection with Town because he came manager in 2011, but he didn't do so well at Town. But what was he like as a manager? Uh, he was different for me. Um, yeah, he was very different. Obviously, the whole period when I was there, uh, he, he was trying to bring in Roy Cowell. Mm. Um, which he ended up having success in. Um, now, I, I, I found it, I mean, maybe this was me and I could have done more to affect this. Um, but I, I found it like he never once pulled and spoke to me, never pulled me to the side and said, look, this is what's happening, this is what's going on, this is what I want to do. Maybe a little bit of that is, is my own naivety as, as I was at the time. I still probably a very naive person in football in that sort of sense. Um, and I should have gone to him, um, but I just I found found him a bit difficult. In, in well, I didn't find him difficult as such. Just found that a little bit like you know, decency to pull me and say, look, I'm trying to sign Roy. This is where I see it, and then maybe I could put my point across of well, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm playing, and with the greatest respects, we were kind of relegated by the time we brought him in. Yeah. If you carried on playing me, you got a 26 year old that's played a few games. You never know where it goes from there. Um, where I really bow, he had a number two called Stan Turner, and I, I did find him very difficult. <laughs> he was, uh, I mean, I won't, I, won't, I won't go too much into it, but I just, he was a very difficult man to get along with. Um, obviously, he's an ex-manager in his own right, but yeah, I, 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 I really battled with him. He didn't make, he didn't make that place an enjoyable place at all. But um, you, were you ha- were you happy though with the? At least you have the games you did play in the Premier League. You know you played against um, you know some some big teams in the Premier yeah. League. Then. I mean, all in all, I, I, yeah, I was. I mean, like I said to you, you know, I, I think I mean, I came away that year. I won Young Player of the Year. I think I only played eight games. Okay. You know, I mean, on one hand, that probably tells us how bad we were. But I kind of, you know, I come away from the season. I played eight eight games, eight nine games. I played like ten or eleven with cup games, stuff like that. And I got Young Player of the Year, and I always had it in my head that, you know, I started off all right, and my form was kind of, it was okay, it was all right to start, but then it kind of had like a little bit of a dip in a cup game, but then by the time my final game was Man City, who we drew with, um, and it was, I mean, I think even at the time, the manager came out and said, yeah, that's the best he's played, like, kind of forums, and I was like, well... It's no coincidence that I just started finding, and I, I, I believe it still to this day, that any young goalkeeper, even really player, but especially a goalkeeper, they're going to have a first few games of where they do well. Then their form might die off a little bit. Um, but if you stick with them nine times out of ten, once they hit that ten-game sort of mark, they'll start finding a level of like consistency. 
And that's where I felt I was at. By the time I just got into that, uh, you know, eighth game or whatever it was at Man City, I felt like, right, you know, I'm, I'm in this now, I'm comfortable. And then, bang, I was out of the team and, 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 and Roy kind of brought in and that was the whole, I was pleased with it. And I, that's what I was saying to you, you know, at the beginning, I felt that if I had just been given that opportunity to carry on playing, that, that level of consistency would have maybe carried on through to the end of the season. Um, but I was just never given that opportunity. That's one, you know, of course, you're, as a goalkeeper, that is a position, that is only one position to fill with other, you know, roles. You know, yeah. you can have people, you know, centre-backs can go to right-back and stuff, but for a goalkeeper, there's only one person in there and then, you know, you're going to have to just sit on the bench and just wait for your yeah. opportunity and luckily it did come, but then, you know, and then another yeah. goalkeeper gets signed, of course, you're not going to be... No, no play, well, that's so. the thing, you know, that is literally the nature of that job is nine times out of ten, if you end up signing the keeper nine times out of ten that keeper is probably going to play um, you know that that is well give or take but that is normally what happens in in, in the middle of a season anyway um, yeah and as I said you know that, I mean that was nothing against Roy Roy was at the time Christ alive you know Roy Carroll was at Rangers he played for Man United he's you know, played in Champions League semi-finals and won a Premier League and things so you know there was nothing against Roy I think Roy is a very good goalkeeper but I just felt that you know, if I'd been given a chance, I could have shown the level of consistency that I thought I found by by the you know the eighth night game, um, and I might have been able to carry that through the season. Because being brutally honest with you, by the time that you know Roy came in, you know we were a sinking ship and we were pretty much done anyway. Yeah, and you know, as you said, you, we got you got relegated, and then you know Derby back in the championship, and. You then went out on loan a few times. Were you frustrated yeah. that you weren't going to get the chance to play in the? Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, that's what. I mean, like it just came to the fact that I just, you know, it's probably more to the detriment of myself if I was being honest with you. Um, I just took any loan that I could kind of get just to get out and play games. Some of them weren't the right loan. Some of them were only to play a couple of games just because their keeper was injured. But I just at that point I was just like I was, I was so frustrated with how it had finished and how it was. I was just like, well, I just want to go. You know, I want to go out and try and play, and I'll take any opportunities I can to go and play as much football as I can. Um, and without really thinking about what would be best for me, and what club would be best for me, and what environment, and bits and pieces like that, you know, yeah. um, it was just a case of it was more just an impulsive, you know, person making probably naive and rash decisions at a point. Yeah. And uh, of course, your next move was to Crystal Palace, and a uh, familiar face was in charge, uh, yeah. George Burley. Um, I'm sure that yeah. was uh, maybe a big decision for you to go there because you, you you knew of him. Yeah, I think that was. I mean, obviously, that was one of the reasons why I ended up that him and Malcolm were the mm -hmm. main reasons why I ended up going there. Um, uh, yeah, it was an easy decision in the end after after that season I'd had um, and the time that I how my time had probably come to an end at Derby. Um, it was just nice to go back to where I knew a goalie coach and I had that continuity and I didn't have the change of managers you know, at, uh, at Derby. I think over the three years, uh, three or four different managers, um, uh, you know, I changed goalie coaches a fair few times. So it was just nice to go back to kind of familiar faces um, and, and uh, you know, the good club. Of course, you know, you said um, familiar faces, you know, Owen Garvin was there, uh, Darren Ambrose, I think Alan Lee was there as well. So, as you yeah, said, it must be yeah. good to have, you know, people that you knew and, you know, you can just, you know, able to settle in very quickly. Straight away, yeah, that was the thing. And, and 
we went away and I met and uh, I met Jules, met Julian Speroni on one of Malcolm's goalie camp weeks. Um, so I, you know, I kind of met him and knew him. As you said, we had uh, you know Gars and, and Alan, and then Wright joined us. Uh, David Wright joined us a little bit later on. So it kind of uh, Darren Ambrose. It was, it was kind of a little bit of a mini, mini Ipswich in a in a different place. Yeah. And um, in terms of you know. How good was you know Julian Sproni you know to be you know training with him week in week out? Yeah, he was he was one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper as a person I think I've ever worked with. I've, I've you know I've been with maybe more talented goalkeepers, um, or I've trained with maybe more talented, goal, but as an all round person, uh, the way he lived his life, the way he was on and off the pitch. Um, you know, I can't. I can't really speak highly enough of him. Um, and to be fair, the way he played was just incredible. The, the few years, well, sort of five years, but the, the seasons when we stayed up and when uh, Palace ended up getting promoted, he was, you know, he was immense. Um, and it was kind of one of them that I, you know, was, as much as I, I did want to play, um, but I got on that well with Jules, and I wanted that much success for him. That you know, when he was playing well. I, I was just as happy, I think, as he was. Um, you know, I, I was, it was a, it was a pleasure really to to kind of work with. Do you sometimes just think, you know, fair enough? If the goalkeeper is doing well, you're just like, yeah, fair enough. You're going to be the starter, and then you know, you just have to wait and bide your time. Yeah, I always took great pride. I mean, this maybe why I ended up sticking around in the game mm. a fairly long time. But I always took great pride in one being the best in training, <laughs> and then that drove me to kind of. If the goalkeeper played well on a Saturday, rightly or wrongly, or maybe this is me trying to sugarcoat it for myself, but I always was like, well, I'm doing everything I can to push him. And if this is how he's playing and this is how well he's doing, maybe I've got to play a little bit of a part in that. And that's how I always looked at it. Is it right? If, you know, if I'm not going to be the number one that's playing, I want to be the best number two. You know, I want to be the one that if he's playing well, he knows that if he doesn't play well, then I'm going to try and take that opportunity. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of, you know, it was still good because there's always that part of, yeah, you know, how well Julian was playing and that's off his own ability and his own his own hard work. But always, I'd always like to think in the background he knew that at some point if he didn't do that, then I'd be there to try and play. Yeah. Of course, uh, you know, George didn't last long at Palace because he got, he got sacked and, you know, Dougie Freeman came in. Did you feel like, oh, maybe my time will be here short? I know you've got a contract, but I'm sure like maybe a new manager comes in, you think, oh, he won't favour me. Yeah, I think, and I think to be fair, at the beginning that was probably the case. Mm. I was being honest with you because you know George brought me in. I was seen as maybe one of his players that he signed, um, and that was probably at the beginning of it all. That might have been the case, but as I said, just with the way that I trained and bits of maybe I, I ended up winning Dougie back over, um, and obviously it changed a bit from there. But there's always that. There's always that fear that you know if a new manager comes in or takes over that you might not be his his cup of tea um, but I just try and again you know, I just always come back to the fact that well if I'm not playing I'll just try and prove to you day in day out in training about how hard I work and, and uh, hopefully you can you know prove to you that I'm, I'm worth being here yeah. of course you know you had you know two characters that came in afterwards so Dougie was Ian Holloway and Tony Pulis but you know you spent most of that time out on loan but uh, did you have much interaction with them and how did you get on with them yeah, in Holloway, I had a lot more of a time with him. When Ollie took over, I was less. I wasn't out on loan so much with him. Uh, obviously, he took over the season that Palace got promoted, and I was, uh, was 
there the whole time. I was on the bench the whole time for that. And then the first season, give or take, in the Premier League. Um, well, up until he got sacked and then, to be fair, with Tony. But, yeah, I, um, it was... it was. I mean, Ian Holloway was was a brilliant guy. Um, you can just listen to his stories for hours. Yeah. Um, it was kind of strange because at the time when Dougie was the manager, Dougie fitted the squad and the people that we had perfectly in the fact of he brought discipline and he brought um, like a, a different sort of mentality and culture to the club and then when Ollie took over he he brought a little bit of a lighter side um, which I think had success I mean it, it had a lot of success in the playoffs and the way he set us up in the playoffs to win and go out and attack and then I think it kind of tailed away a little bit when we got promoted to the Premier League um, it got a little bit harder um, and then again when Tony came in it went back to that whole you know Tony was like a school teacher he was regimented and it was very much of this is the way we're doing it no ifs, ands and buts and you're not even allowed to talk to me about it and then just at that time with the characters that we had that just seemed to work that style seemed to work um, so it was kind of they were both, don't get me wrong, both excellent managers in their own right and going forward, they would both be bits that I would learn from the pair of them. Um, but I just think at that period, as, as good as Ollie was, I think people like Dougie Freeman and, and Tony were a little bit more suited to the sort of squad that, uh, that we had at Palace. And I want to just mention, you know, a player at Palace, another player you'd probably expect me to ask is, of course, Saha. Uh, Wolfie yeah. Saha, how how good was he in training? Like, of course, he's gone on to have a very good career at Palace. Yeah, he was immense. I mean, like as a kid coming through, you could see how his ability, you no know, doubt, he was just obviously very, very raw. Um, and in the season that we ended up going up at Palace, I mean, there were just there were just game. I mean, Wolves away was a game that always stands out, and I just remember watching him thinking, like, oh my god, you are unplayable in this league at this level. And that's the that's the level that he has, and it's kind of, um, you know, I've always said to everybody, it's always asked me. I think he he could have, and he is a, a top four player in the Premier League, definitely. Um, and I just think it came down to maybe, you know, again, if you ever got a chance, you'd have to ask him. I would know, but maybe just it was situation and circumstances that played into a factor of of his time at Man United less so than his ability, because um, his ability is is just frightening, um, and he's you know he's. He's one of the most skillful yeah. players I think I've ever seen and ever played with. Definitely. I want to just quickly mention one of your loan spells um, at, um, at Crawley, um, at a player yeah. who you played with there. Probably, a ra- this is a random sort of question, but Gwion Edwards yeah. was there at the time. I don't know if you remember yeah. much Gwion. Of course, now he's at town. He's doing really well this season. Another Welshman. Um, yeah. Of course, he was very young at that stage at Crawley, but did you see a player there? At the time, yeah, I did. I said, I mean, he was always a very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, uh, I didn't. He, he was kind of a little bit in and out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, but from what I saw of him, um, the games that he played and the effect that he had, you could always see that maybe if he was put into a bit of a better team, more of a passing footballing team, then he'd he'd, uh, he'd have a, a lot more of an effect on the game. Um, and then, lo and behold, you know. Yes, his move um, comes in, and, and now the, the fact that Town are playing a bit more, a little, little bit more football probably than we did at Crawley, um, and he's having more of an effect on the game. But yeah, he's, he was a good little player when he was there. But 
it's nice to see how well he's gone on and, and uh, how much he's progressed. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, your next move was to Sheffield Wednesday. You just spent one season there. Um, yeah. What was uh, how that sort of move come about, and where you planning uh, to hopefully? Because yeah. Andy Rose was there. Um, Chris Jarkin, I think, he just he just kind of retired or was thinking about retiring, didn't want to stay. Um, Rosey rang me and he said, "Look, you fancy coming up?" Um, at the time, I was like, actually, yeah, you know, it's a club of that size. Um, and I was very much like, actually, yeah, you know, I'd like to come up. It was me and, uh, it was me and Kieran Westwood. Um, it turned out that, uh, I think right at the very beginning of the part of the season, I had my appendix out, which is surprising for a 31 year old. Yeah. So I, I literally was supposed to, uh, obviously would have been on the bench at Ipswich when the kid came on, but I never really kind of came back because Westy got injured. I obviously just come out of hospital and then within like a week of coming out of hospital, I had to go straight in and start playing. Um, so I never really was fit enough, I don't think. I, I wasn't too fair. I was never really fit enough. Um, and then I kind of like was in and out, in and out. But obviously, you know, Kieran Westwood was the number one at the time. Um, and he was, you know, a good goalkeeper and had a very good season that year when uh, when we got to the playoff final. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a, sh- you know, it was a shame there really because, they offered me, they offered me another contract to stay, um, and it was. But they only offered me a year. Whereas Rotherham at the time rang me up and were like, you know, look, obviously we want, you know, we want you to come in and, and kind of challenge, uh, challenge Lee Camp, and, and they just offered me, you know, a longer kind of contract. And at the time, I was like, well, you know, where, where do I stand? More chance of playing some games and. Obviously, the kind of the uh, security of, of a couple of years over a year was was a bit of a factor in that decision, really. Yeah, and of course, you know, you spent four years at Rotherham. Of course, there was a lot yeah. of things going on at the club. You know, they've seen relegations, promotion, relegation, promotions. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. must have been a, a weird time, really, because you know you can say they're it's a bit of a yo-yo club at the moment. But you know, well done for them to get promoted again like some teams they get promoted and then they get relegated and they, they spend a few seasons but they're one of those that are, I'm always impressed by Rotherham when I've always seen them play um, and yeah. I, you know so how did that sort of move come about was it because it was close to and you said about you know battling out with Lee Camp yeah it's pretty much that obviously it was the fact that Campy was there and there was a chance that he might move on um, and it was just it was. I felt that at that time it was just a bit more of an opportunity to go and play some games Um and yeah, as you said, it was kind of the manager at the time was Alan Stubbs, who I played with at Derby. So I had that little bit of a connection there. Um, but as it turned out, it wasn't really the right job for him. Um, just as a, as a as an ethos, ethos as a place for Stubbs, he he, he um, just didn't really fit the the working mentality of the club. If I'm being honest. Um, but as a club, I, you know, I loved it. And as you said, you can't have enough of a respect. And I say to everybody that they're exactly what you just described them. They are, I feel that they are probably too good for League One. Um, but the championship is just a bit of a stretch at a time. Um, I'm not saying that they're not going to stay up. I actually think they've got a very good chance of staying up this year. Um, but I just feel that there's always that point of where to really stay and compete in the championship um, you need to invest a lot of money uh, and that's just difficult for a club like Rotherham to do um, so they'll kind of always go go between 
League One and the, and the Championship. But as a, as a club, I, you know, I love. I really enjoyed my time there. I got still got a lot of friends. Love the coaching staff. Love the manager. Uh, still speak to a lot of the lads now. Um, you know, I, I, I had a good four years there. You know, of course, Paul Paul Warner's the man. He's you know one of the. You know he's he's helped them win promotions and of course seen relegations. Yeah. But um, how good was he? Yeah, he's good. He's got a very good staff around him as well, which is which is a big thing. And I think the gaff will be one of the first to admit that as well. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he was he was you know he had a clear outset. The, the biggest thing that I could ever give him credit for was when he took over again. You know, I've, I've been involved in a similar sort of dressing room to a degree at Derby of just that mentality of losing and it's easy to have and hard to lose. Um, and when he took over, obviously, we were struggling a little bit in the champ and we weren't... We were, I don't think we were playing poorly. We just weren't winning games. Um, and then by the end of it, we got relegated. So the biggest thing that I can ever give him the credit for was that pre-season when we all came back, he just straight away completely flipped the mentality of the club mentality of the players got rid of what he needed to get rid of kept who he wanted to keep um, and from then on he built this you know this kind of um, this ethos within the club of of what he wants to achieve and what he wanted to achieve and what he wanted out of the players and that is you know when you sign for a club he'll come and meet you he will come and talk to you he will meet you before you sign and he will pre-warn you about what is what is coming and you know what is coming is not always easy and it's not always pretty um, but he does he makes no does not hide that fact um, so you know in, in that sort of sense oh, I've got a lot of respect for, for what he ended up achieving and especially as it's been um, you know when I first was there and he first took over he didn't really want the job and that's, you know, that's probably him being honest um, he ended up taking it because it was what was offered and then he's just he's just been nothing but a success with it really I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be a harsh question or not but do you regret maybe the last few years of just being on the bench or you know not even in the 18 or I read what Paul said you know when you left like you know you were sort of at the heart of the, the training ground you know for you know because mm. the character you brought and just your willing of just wanting to train yeah uh, no being honest yeah. no I mean Look, would I have loved to have gone out playing um, more games? Yeah, I, I, you know, I would have. I think any player that says they wouldn't do, um, well, maybe some might be like, you know, I would have. I would have liked to have gone out and played a bit more. But I, I never really looked at it that way. There, I, you know, I, uh, I enjoyed my time at the club. Um, the club were very, very good to me in a sense. Um, and just the, I don't know, I, I enjoyed the role that I might have played. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't see myself as being that guy, if I was being pretty honest with you, but I enjoyed the role of, of as what you just said, you know, the goalkeepers that were coming in, I enjoyed showing them the ethic, the work ethic that came with working at a club like that. Um, I enjoyed showing them the standards that they're going to have, that are set and that they're going to have to kind of keep up to play. Um, and I took great pride in that. And, and as I said, along the way, I'd made friends with the manager and the coach and staff and, and all bits and pieces like that. And it was just, it was a club that I was very, I was very happy at. Um, I, you know, would I have liked to have, would I have liked to have um, maybe seen out and playing some more games? Yeah. But all in all, 
but I was happy there. Um, and I was happy with the, the role that I was playing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Of course, you know, um, in recent years, there's been a lot of like like third choice experienced goalkeepers like Rob Green went to Chelsea, uh, Lee Grant yeah. went to Man United. Um, I missed that boat, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, he could have got that opportunity, <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, you're now, you're now uh, left Rotherham and now you're back at your hometown club of Bournemouth, so you've finally got there after, you know, you're well, possibly, you know, probably thinking about hopefully playing there one day as a player, but they've, you know, unfortunately got relegated from the Premier League last season, but... You know, you're you're there now coaching. Uh, how did that sort of come about? Uh, well, this was the only thing, being honest, is one of the few jobs, and when I say few, I genuinely mean like maybe one or two jobs that would have made me retire early. Um, I had no, I genuinely had no intention of retiring. I always had in my head I wanted to get to 40 um, as best as I could. Well, I'd be, and I would have been 37 by the end of this contract. Um so it's kind of um, I was slowly creeping ever closer, but it just ended up that I think obviously Bournemouth had um, a couple of members that moved on to other things, and then a couple of staff members. I mean, and then I just got a phone call um, just saying that you know would you be interested in taking taking the job? Would you be interested in taking the under twenty uh, under twenty three goalkeepers? And for me, it was it was kind of it was a bittersweet because as soon as I got it, I knew I was like well. Yeah, I think it's a too good opportunity for me to turn down. Um, I always wanted to go into coaching. Uh, you know, I, not many people might not remember it, but when I was a kid at Ipswich with Malcolm, I used to, you know, train on a Monday, train on a Monday afternoon, and then come back on a Monday evening and help take the local non-league goalkeepers with him. Um, so I developed that passion for kind of coaching quite early. Um, so I always knew at some point I wanted to go into it, and the opportunity to come home as I said at the beginning of it all, I've never moved my uh, wife or children. They have always lived in Bournemouth. Wherever I've played, they've always lived down here. So um, the opportunity to come back and, and you know, and spend time with my family and, and work for my hometown club, um, I think was just too great. And, and that's pretty much why in the end, I thought, well, this opportunity might not come back around again. And maybe it's just the best time for me to kind of uh, retire in a sense and, and continue on a different path Definitely, that's, that's great to hear and uh, I'm just going to before we finish this call just do a quick little quick fire questions hopefully that's okay with you um, yeah, no talk worries. about your career as a whole uh, oh. so uh, well I should have maybe sent you these over beforehand but they <laughs> should be they should be easy enough but um, okay, think, let's go. Yeah. so the first question is uh, the best player you played with best player I played with yeah what, at Ipswich or just, just in general? in general, yeah. Ryan Gig, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Giggs. Cool. Uh, best player you've played against? Oh, Christ. Of course, there's loads of players, of course, but uh, anybody that yeah. stick out? Oh, that is, yeah, that's a bit tougher. Yeah. Uh, best player I've played Fernando Torres was out of a strike. It wasn't mm. Liverpool. Yeah. That's a good shout, yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. he did really well for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, did you have any pre-match uh, superstitions or anything you did uh, prior to the kickoff? Uh, no. No. Not, uh, no. I used to. Well, I say used to. It was kind of... I used to... I used to never... I wasn't... I never wore a brand new pair of gloves in the game. 
Um, and then coincidentally, one time, I never did it once, but it kind of broke a superstition. I remember playing away at Colchester and I wore a brand new pair of gloves. So I kind of would never wear a brand new pair of gloves, but I have done it before, so it's not really a superstition, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, which, once again, you've probably played at loads of grounds, but um, which sort of ground sticks out for you, the favourite to play, play at? Um, being honest with you, and this is, it does sound kind of cheesy, doesn't it? But I used to love playing at Port Road. Hmm. I always did, yeah. Like, there was always, I always, always loved it. And I'm like, night game, I love playing there. Of course, I mean, you know, you've, you've returned to Portland Road uh, a few times. I don't know, have you, did you ever play against town? No. Like, no. Never. Yeah. Devastated, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe not. I might have been booed a bit, so maybe not. <laughs> nah, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm surely not. Because I remember, you know, a lot of fans, I always go, oh, oh yeah, Lewis Price is on the bench. You know, oh, no, we know, yeah. you know of it, you know. forget that I was somewhere and then just rock up running up and down the line. Oh, yeah, look at is he still playing? <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that, that is it, my friend. Well, um, thank Thanks, you so man. much for chatting with no me. Um, is there anything yeah, else really you want to add it. before we, we wrap up? Uh, no, no, that's all. That was good, man. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Thank you.